Hi, everybody, and welcome to Volume 2 of Behind the Rain, an audio anthology of Oklahoma poetry presented by the Okie Bookcast. I'm Jay Hall, and I can't wait for you to hear the incredible lineup of Oklahoma poets I have for you in this edition. You'll get to hear each poet perform a work specifically selected for inclusion. It's like a poetry open mic that you can take with you wherever you want to listen. I'll introduce each poet prior to their performance, and we'll include links in the show notes to websites and social media where you can connect with each of them. If you're an Oklahoma poet and would like to submit work for consideration in the next volume of Behind the Rain, go to okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain for details. Submissions for volume three close in December. Now, please enjoy volume two of Behind the Rain. Our first poet is Seth Copeland. Seth is originally from Indiahoma, Oklahoma, and currently lives in Milwaukee. His work has appeared in Yes Poetry, Dream Pop, Heavy Feather Review, Kestrel, and Drunk Monkeys, among others. He is the founding editor of Petrichor and a poetry editor for Cream City Review. Hollis. Ancient sheet metal cracks on a barn's bones. U.S. 62 dries up at noon like the layers of dust on an old man's story. Nothing around to hear a waxwing on a cedar in the yard of an empty house in front of the barn which creaks creaks in its ancient scabby sheet metal poto two lanes wind a myth snake rivers lift quivered mirrors of live oak loblolly one last broken promise this vast reach to you tied with a fog bow lanes curve open a rabbit frost sky blue wavy hills out and beyond we can stop here Kara Bullen is Oklahoma born and raised and lives happily in Oklahoma City with her husband, dog, and cat. She has been experimenting with poetry for the past six years and enjoys reading at open mics. She says, in the words of Taylor Swift, I want auroras and sad prose. A Whitman kind of worship. I wake up ready to worship. I church every weekday and twice as much on weekends. My body is my temple. My playlist is my pleasure. I celebrate myself and sing myself. I loaf and invite my soul. In my car, I shimmy shake my feelings to the surface to play and taunt and fight and weep. My Camry is my synagogue. My commute is my mass. I am not a bit tamed. I am untranslatable. Melodies breaking chains of capacity. I free my body to fling and flail, yop and yell, swing and swell, loose and listen, curse and christen. I sound my beautiful barbaric singing, voicing, screeching, crying through my four doors and steering wheel accepts my divine pounding praise. They echo reverberating prayers of holy healing into my child's soul. Clear and sweet is my soul. Brianne Lynette was born and raised in Moore, Oklahoma. She's a guinea pig mom of two, lover of all things Star Wars, an avid reader, and a binger of campy romance television shows. Heart memory. Lately, I've been thinking about the ways the heart has muscle memory, how we love in grooves, how it can be so easy to slip back into bad habits because the body remembers the mistake is passion, how good it feels to talk to that person, how easy some humans are to just pick back up with, like we were never apart, like we were born for it. How I have been loved on memory alone, how I have been loved like a favorite meal, how I have been loved like a mess, how love can become take it for granted, how we can become so familiar with someone that we assume everything is functioning, 
how scared we are when we need to learn to move on. When the heart has loved someone, it is hard to learn to be alone again. It has to love around the spaces it got used to having filled, retrain all fine motor skills. Sometimes people just outgrow each other. This is a type of muscle memory too. You can love and care for someone and they still won't be right for you. You wake up one day and your heart is ready to lift something else. Or you wake up one morning and they're not the same person and you don't have the energy to learn to love them again. It happens. I warned myself once that I'm overly fond of keeping people just because I like the comfort of love. That I will let someone hurt me over and over because it's easier to slide back than it is to move on. If my heart is a muscle, I have trained it to be strong. I will keep loving people even though they are wrong. I will keep loving people loudly and I will keep messing up and I will have a heart that can lift them all. Courtney Mackwoods McLean is among a group of poets in this volume of Behind the Rain who also appeared in volume one. Mack is a corporate consultant and inclusion, diversity, and equity practitioner. He's an OU alumnus, member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity, MBA graduate, Army National Guard veteran, state awardee for community and mentorship service, an Oklahoma Journal Records Achiever Under 40 awardee, and the official spoken word artist for the Oklahoma City Police Department. Mac utilizes his passion and knowledge to serve underserved youth and marginalized groups in areas such as financial literacy, self-love and actualization, and goal execution. Additionally, Mac is a trained actor. He's been featured in short films, commercials, and other productions such as Oklahoma notable Black Wall Street Burning. Superman. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. There's no such thing as a Superman. We can no longer be a Superman. When Lois Lane's of my past couldn't relate to my type of pain, the superwomen have their own L's of kryptonite and my Wonder Woman can't see past the walls of her invincible, invisible walls, but I always felt like I was powerful enough. But maybe mere mortal somewhere on the inside that makes me weep, weep in the shower so my wife can see me as an aqua king but can't hear me drowning in my own insecurities. That grew up watching abusive reruns of my worst fears. Bam! Pow! Bam! Bally against foes that have been robbing me of control, lost so I can't turn the channel and she wants telekinesis, it's funny, I'm a ball professor, but I can't read your mind. Us men and women, it's a marvel how we get DC, you know, disconnected and conflicted. Oh, when worlds of dysfunction collide, who takes care of Superman? We can no longer be a Superman. And this magnetic attraction we once had, I can no longer manipulate. But her learning, but her learning my love language feels like a cycloptic dialect. Like, like, like she acts like it would kill her for us to see eye to eye. Peace and revenge can't coexist, so microaggressions until the end game, but happy wife, happy life, right? So I let her take the last stand. Her mouth is bigger than her ears, so I write about black excellence before I talk about being a husband unappreciated. Nightmares of a well-spoken Logan, skin broken from deceiving people, no longing for bandages and showing my true self seems to always hurt. I learn how to heal quick. Yes, being a mutant has its advantages. Oh, how strong is this beast when I'm blue too often? Deadpool with Thor problems. Thor problems. No one can lift these burdens and every time I reach out my hand, they come right back to me and yet we're still supposed to be machines? 
maybe more of a host of black iron men with less resources of steel if you will a full house of gambits dealing all too well with dealing who takes care of superman he can no longer be a superman the mystique of men morphing into so many beings of others and never having the power to love who we really are clark kent can't do nothing we don't get the luxury of not being selfless and, and it's only so much I can do but too many lives lost when we don't wear the cape. What if the telephone booth kills me? Or self-destruction of the, of the blackest atom make us implode? Kyle L has to understand that Kyle L needs to seek his own peace but who takes care of Superman when, when Superman is me? Mac. Avi Sukdial is a ninth grader at Stillwater Junior High. He loves writing, making films, and playing video games. His first book, Three Days Till EOC, a sci-fi thriller about climate change, was published in 2020 by the Children's Art Foundation and was selected as a 2021 honor winner in the Young Adult Fiction category of the Green Earth Book Awards. Avi is an Oklahoma Next Gen Under 30 honoree and in 2021 was the sole Oklahoma recipient of the Promising Young Writer Award bestowed by the National Council of Teachers of English. You can also hear Avi review Jack Cheng's See You in the Cosmos in Chapter 6 of the Okie Bookcast back from December 2021. No questions allowed. Most of them seek to stop the questions. The teachers do it to the students. The captain does it to the soldiers. The Alpha does it to its cubs. Why do this? What about that? The reaction may be anger, or just mere annoyance. It depends on the reason, though, whether big or small. Why the question is being asked? Out of curiosity? Confusion? Or defiance? It frankly is common to experience this frustration. It isn't easy to get through and quite painful to tolerate. And a challenge for everyone, no matter how strong of mind. But if you can survive the onslaught and respond with compassion, you will become a true leader. And they will love you and ask, can you tell us some more? Darrell Carter is a writer and teacher who lives in Oklahoma and who recently graduated from the University of Central Oklahoma with a graduate degree in English. His work has been published in outlets like The Lickety Split, From Whispers to Roars, Drunk Monkeys, and Petrichor Journal. The change that exists in numbers. 13. When you're old enough to match your style to your pride, shy, Big and black in a white school district. God forces you to play the game in difficult mode. I pay attention to the waves the eastern winds creating the river because that's the instructional manual that will lead me to salvation in a healthy 3 a.m. slumber. Back then, I only wanted to be as black as the asphalt on any MLK Boulevard while saluting off the dirt 90th Street gives me. But again, when you are playing the game on modes not meant for children, the directions are rarely inscribed in the footsteps in front of you. 25. I'm getting better at recognizing patterns and remembering the plays I need to make to win the game. When I graduated college, I threw away the pieces of my father's amygdala that I stored in my back pocket for safekeeping. 
I replace blood with paper and call myself a surgeon of the mind when I have too much time with my hands. And I still shake when it rains on days the sun shines the brightest. I create sandcastles with burned fingertips while my arms place ideas in the strangers and threats wishing wells. I paint my sins in neon shades of onyx so my neighborhood knows I'm trying my best. 31. I wear gray in my beard and hold my age in the middle of my spine, and they both whine the loudest when I attempt to place nostalgia in a box. I think about the taste of the Virginia air too much. I think about the days where I smiled to express joy and laughed because I saw life as a game instead of the trip down dirt roads I barely remember too much. I do not think about God enough. I take my time when I drive because in my dreams, I already experienced what is in front of me enough to know they will not be able to satisfy the 13-year-old boy who has never been. I see Oklahoma horizons with the tint of technicolor Jesus in them, and I still find ways to wake up tired. 70. I drink whiskey that does not require taste buds for me to enjoy and think about the memories that have lost their brightness. I think about the dirt roads that have lost their love for all of us. I think about the birds that never learned how to fly and pray for them. I think about my bad habits and how they lost their shimmer in my old age. I think about the games we used to play when I was a child and smile when I think about the losses and shed tears that no longer contain ignominy in them when I think about my victories. I think of my children for never saying my name with shame hidden in their hearts. The next poem I'm going to be reading to you uh, is titled, I'm Learning How to Not Mind My Own Business. I hopped out of my car when the stoplights changed from green to red. The owner parked in front of me in the only lane I know how to navigate with more gusto. Before that, I had punched on my horn through two light revolutions. I knocked on the windows of a white SUV that's probably known more soccer games and road trips dictated by children than I will ever know in my lifetime. I knocked two times on our tinted windows. I then asked, asked myself, why the hell am I knocking on their tinted windows? I took two steps back and imagined a car blowing up, flames eating me alive. I took two more steps back and imagined a world where I was just a Samaritan. No good. I could hear Billie Eilish or someone who he was in, she was inspired by that was inspired by Madonna blaring from the car. Still, the driver only offered me the anxious sound of silence. I told a fellow passenger that pulled up behind me about the situation. An older white lady who smelled like Paul Mall lights, chuggable gasoline, and looked as if she already had the minimal time for 2022 bullshit. She decided to kick the driver's side door in until she got what she wanted. As she walked back to her car, she looked, me, she looked into my eyes and told me, that's how you get shit done, sweetie. I smiled, not just because that's what you do in Oklahoma, when a stranger gives you food that doesn't feed you, but because I have never tried kicking a door in before to get to a place where red lights and road zombies don't exist. When I pulled into my driveway, I made promises to myself while staring in the rearview mirror. I could have gone home faster if I just swerved in a neighbor's lane sooner. Kristen Grace was a preacher's kid who credits Song of Songs with inspiring her to become a queer rebel poet in unloving spaces. Grace is a journalist for 405 Magazine, a freelance copy editor for Callisto Media, and a graduate student in Oklahoma City University's Red Earth MFA program.
She has authored a children's book and a short story collection with Literati Press in Oklahoma City. Red buds, gathered from your daughter's greedy reach, from trees that once belonged to you, your girl assures you this is a right and legal feast. You sit in your car, humming, watching the hunter-gatherer stain her grasping hands, amethyst, her mouth lavender. You plan salads. You plan to ruin your mouth with spring. You've done it before, rudely, under leaves. Now you sing and hold her sticky hand on the long ride home. Soon, you'll fill your mouths with what is sweet, with what is Oklahoma. You are red buds. You are red dirt, purple flowers, guardians of hens, the beautiful beat-up machine that kills fascists, voices that will not be silenced, though despair reigns. Your red dirt girls, backseat brawlers, prohibition smugglers, rebels, with a sweet grin. Legislators be damned. They say, you won't come back, but you're red buds. Brand Rackley is another poet who appeared in Volume 1 of Behind the Rain. Brand is a native Oklahoman, Cherokee Nation citizen, writer, poet, and actor. Facades. When I was nine, a Hollywood movie came to film in a tiny town near my home. My parents took me one Sunday. The rural one-stop light Main Street had been made up to look like businesses bracing for a tornado. False storefronts line the main drag. Facades of fake brick. Plastic. Upon close inspection, crowds of onlookers could find tiny pieces, broken, scattered like cracker crumbs. I eagerly picked one up and took my treasure home that day, in a t-shirt that proclaimed, I survive Twister. My first taste of movie magic. Later I learned more about set dressing. Facades. About how people have them too. Not just buildings. We all do. Some thicker than others. Shinier. Some veneer. Some silicone. I cultivated mine and used it for jobs. First in La La Land. Then at home. Home on the plains. Both it and I have gotten flimsy with age. The false brick hasn't. I still have it. I've lost count the amount of times I almost threw it away, but I can't. It's the first lie I ever fell head over heels for. The first liar I ever loved. Thomas Juarez is a consultant for a major software company. He's also a retired soldier, an author, and a poet. Tom enjoys writing metaphysical fiction, short fictional stories, and poetry. While observing the natural world around him, Tom continues to remind himself that each and every moment is, in and of itself, a new beginning. My father's son. Mortality's stinging reminder is delivered as if flown in by murder hornets from abroad. A life well lived is a life well observed. So I watch as theatrical characters act out memories I'd all but forgotten. They come to me now, in dream. These apparitions soothe my battered emotions and offer advice from beyond the grave, which they deliver in the voice of my fallen father. Don't be a fool and waste away these precious moments, son. They're forgotten in an instant. Dreams, like flowers, you see, await sunshine and rain. Or maybe 
In this dream, they await any soul foolhardy enough to invest their precious time and effort. But for what? Just to seize the day like the wisest of fools? As I ponder this and more, I am reminded that I am also my mother's son. She weeps, remembering the man she loved, the man who loved her. He was the man who raised her children. He was the man they all wanted to be. Sunshine, you see, has followed the rain. And in saying farewell, we give thanks to the man who gave everything until the very end. Amy M. Lee is our third and final returning poet from Volume 1. Amy is a Vietnam War survivor and congenital heart defect warrior. In 2017, she pivoted from her corporate career to write her debut novel, Snow in Vietnam, as a tribute to her mother who lost her life to cancer. Today, Amy is a full-time author of historical and women's fiction novels. Her company, Quillhawk Publishing, helps emerging authors indie publish their work. She is also the co-founder of the Heart Community Collection, a resource for the CHD community. Amy belongs to several writing organizations and serves on the board for the Vietnamese Boat People podcast, whose mission is to preserve history of the Vietnamese diaspora. Run without the cane. Yesterday I kept my head down. Be quiet, stay humble to the crown. My lips sealed from years of fear, while others, they jeer and they sneer. Strike me to the ground as the vulture circles around. Be voiceless and in the clear. I cannot see. I cannot hear. I push back hard in vain, deviate with no gain. In the kitchen, in the room, a woman belongs, says my groom. Down the ladder he ordains, woman, you have no brain. Yarns of doubt weave the loom, my beauty feathered in plumes. I deserve colors beyond the brown, reverse the pains of my frown. Remember the me of younger years, bold and strong, like mama dear. Trade my rags for the gown, never again shoved to ground. I am alive. I am here. I am woman. Let it be clear. Triumph is for the insane, daring to run without the cane. Today, a vow to not assume. Tomorrow, arise from this tomb. My tears, soft behind the rain, wash away the waves of pain. O Lord, I reject self-doom. If not you I serve, then whom? Our final poet for this volume is Ken Hada. Ken is the author of 10 collections of poetry, including Contour Feathers from Turning Plow Press, which was awarded the 2022 Oklahoma Book Award. His book Spare Parts was awarded the Wrangler Award from the National Western Heritage Museum, and Bring an Extra Mule received the 2017 SCMLA Prize for Poetry. Four of his poems have been featured on the Writer's Almanac. Ken is a professor at East Central University in Ada, Oklahoma, where he directs the annual Scissor Tail Creative Writing Festival. You can hear more of Ken reading poetry from a variety of poets on his podcast, The Sunday Poems with Ken Hada. Another poem in October. When dew glistens on grass bent with the weight of sun, cottonwood leaves, for now calm as stained glass, Velvet green oaks turning brown in cool nights and blue sky. This world knows me best. I seem born for these days when solitude seems right and the aggravation of everything is a forgotten corpse. Buried years ago, its only value now 
the nutritious soil from which springs yellow flowered weeds in April, hardy green stalks until December's death. It's only legacy that which I allow in unguarded moments when memory leaks from a broken pipe, dripping until too much of everything floats into a pool of self-pity. But October, with its healing way, comes from nowhere, built on the scaffold of north wind, violent, unforgiving, but eventually settling among the foliage into the soil of a place that writes another poem, the way anything good satisfies, the way something ultimate feels. Thanks for listening to Volume 2 of Behind the Rain. A special thanks to all of the poets who contributed work to this edition. I hope you'll take a minute to connect with these poets about work that you enjoyed. You can find their websites and social media handles at okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain. While you're there, you can also check out volume one of the anthology and sign up for the bookcast newsletter to get regular reviews and recommendations straight to your inbox. Remember, if you would like to submit work for consideration for volume three, again, go to okiebookcast.com slash behind the rain for details. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, go find something good to read.